You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. We are joined again this week by Dad. We have another very, very interesting story, one that I don't know anything about. Now, the picture that we've put on the Facebook group is one I've seen. I've seen the picture. I know a little bit about the name and possibly the, not, not so much the events, but the aftermath um but realistically i know very very little about this story um these type of stories are extremely popular on podcasts um and i listen to a lot of real life crime podcasts and this is not one i've come across which i find a bit strange because now seeing the picture i know that it is quite a common story or at least a famous story um but it's not one i've heard so when you're talking about listening to these podcasts on a regular basis or these crime podcasts and I've not come across this um and it's it's a scary one I think um like I said I don't know I very know very little about it so this is a learning one for me as well um but being a father of young girls this is uh quite it's scary quite, quite relevant I would have thought yeah so take it away I don't think we need any more introductions this week um I haven't got any, any, there's no housekeeping for you all, so. No? No, no, nothing this week, so yeah, okay. just take it away. Right, so this is the story surrounding the death of a young girl called Jean Bonnet Ramsey, and this occurred on Boxing Day, the 26th of December 1996, a place called Boulder, Colorado. There are many murders in the world. In the US, you call them homicides. In the year ending March 2021 in the UK, there were 594, 59 of which, just under 10%, were under 16s. The UK had 599 people convicted for these. So that's right, we had 594 murders. And 599 convictions. Sounds weird when you read that. In the same period, the United States 
there were 21,500 murders. Mm. I wonder what that is in comparison. You have 594. You have 21,500. No, I mean, like, population-wise. Oh, we'll look into it. Yeah. 5% or 1,090 of the American murders were under 16s. These are the latest government figures available. So we're worse for under 16 killings. We certainly are. We are double. We're double, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise. There is a conviction rate in the United States for murderers of 54.4%. So if we put these figures into perspective... That's shocking. The murder rate in the UK is about 1.2 people per 100,000 population per year. And the police, they have a clear-up rate of over 90%. Okay, so there's very few people get away with murder in this country. The United States has a murder rate of 5.3 people per 100,000, as compared to 1.2. But they only have a clear-up rate of 54.4, so just over half. That's terrible. Terrible it may be. The worst and most dangerous country in the world, just for your reference purposes, Dan, is actually El Salvador. And they have a figure of 61.8 per 100,000. And the police will not give any clear-up rate. That's probably because it doesn't exist. Wow, 61 per 100,000. Nearly 62. Yeah. And that, so when you think, and like this is no disrespect to America, but we obviously in this country, I mean, I, I you're probably different, obviously, coming from the police and coming from London. Um, we don't see that happening in our country. You know, when we had um, a guy in our our town got murdered a few weeks ago and it was like the biggest news in the in the, the whole town it was for weeks and there's Grimsby's 100,000 people live in Grimsby and Cleethorpes and there was one murder and that's rocked the town completely it just we don't hear about it whereas you know to see I personally see America you, you almost see because of the guns and because of the you know the fact that it's so easy to access them I would assume that their their rate of murder would be a lot higher than ours. And, and to be honest, it's not. It's not that... I mean, it is higher than ours, but it's not that much higher than ours. 1.2 to 5.3 per 100,000. It's it's not a massive increase. When you're looking at El Salvador, 61. When, when, when you put it down to that, then that's the only way you can compare it. Because... This country is worse than I thought. You can't compare... <laughs> 594 against 21,500. No. Because the two countries are so different in size. Yes. But when you put it down to per 100,000 population, it's all right. America is four and a half times more. Yeah. But it's four and a half times 1.2. It's not four and a half times 10. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. So it's not. It's not as bad as I thought. But what gets me is 10% of the UK murders are under 16. Mm, that's a scary statistic. Only 5% of United States murders are under 16. And that is because a lot of our murders are knives mm-hmm. and teenagers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. It's teenage gangs. That's our problem. Yeah. It's a problem in this country, and it's one that somebody needs to sort out. But... Unfortunately, that's well beyond my pay grade. It's even so, more beyond your pay grade now you're not in the police. Yeah, that's true. So so why is this particular murder so famous? There are a few crimes out there that carry more emotion than the murder of a child. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to look at the circumstances surrounding one of America's most famous unsolved murders. Oh, wow. The events surrounding this murder are not complicated, but they're unusual. The participants involved made a number of mistakes. They made a number of bad choices. And this unfortunately includes the Boulder County Police Department. I'll leave you to decide. I'm not going to say one way or the other. 
So this podcast is about the murder of a six-year-old girl on Christmas Day night, 1996. Yeah. Her name? Jean Bonnet Ramsey. There are four members of the Ramsey family. They lived in a large four-story, five-bedroom detached property with multiple staircases and a large basement that spanned the hole underneath of the house. The address? 15th Street, Boulder, Colorado. The family were John, Patricia, better known as Patsy, Burke and Jean Bonnet. John was the president of a software company. Patsy was an American beauty pageant winner who won the Miss West Virginia pageant at the age of 20 way back in 1977. At the time of the murder, Burke was nine years old. Jean Bonnet was born on the 6th of August 1990, making her six years old at the time of her death. Just like her mother before her, she was a beauty pageant queen. She won titles. She won the title of America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Chavois, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. So she was a winner. Yeah. Sorry, it's just, I, I'm just reading that and I was thinking she's born the same year that I was born. So, so she would be the same, the same age, age as, as you when she died. Well, yeah, now she'd be the same age same as Same age me. as you, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get into my thoughts on the pageantry thing. Cause, uh, like, it's an American thing. It yeah, doesn't happen it over here. And just, yeah, it's one of those things. If people enjoy it and yeah, we, it's one of those, yeah. It's not a thing British people do. So it's. No. But yeah, they make some very famous and yeah. they can make a lot of money on it. Mm. Um, the Ramsey family, they were a wealthy American family. They owned two private jets, a yacht, a holiday home in Michigan. Their net worth in 1999 was said to be around $6.4 million. Christmas Day 1996, Jean Bonnet get a bike for christmas she she you know it's just a kid yeah she gets a bike for christmas in the evening the ramsey family visited their friends fleet and priscilla white and they went there for a christmas party the whole family returned back to 15th street uh, late in the evening and according to john ramsey jean bonnet had fallen asleep on the journey back to the house so he carried her into the house and put her to bed. He then returns downstairs and spends some time playing with Burke. It's a Christmas yeah, day. Normal Christmas. The last time Jean Bonnet was seen alive was around 10pm when the family retired for the night. Okay. They're the only people in the house. Four of them. Yeah. Seems pretty normal. Nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. Patsy, Jean Bonnet's mother, woke before 6am on Boxing Day on the 26th of December. The Americans Pla don't call it Boxing Day. It's Boxing Day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's Boxing You call it what you like, it's Boxing Day. It's yeah. the 26th of December. Yeah, I just yeah. think they're going to go, Boxing Day, what's that? But yes, It's, it's a British thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a bank holiday. <laughs> yeah, it? it is as well. Yeah. Um, the family had planned to fly to a place called Chalavu. I think that's... Chalavu. Yeah, yeah. How, they, how they pronounce it. It's in Michigan anyway. And they were going for a post-Christmas family vacation. See, vacation. I would have said family holiday. Yeah. You're getting Americanized. No, that's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> it's not really. Okay, so Patsy gets dressed, shower, well, gets showered, dressed, and heads downstairs. Now, she uses the back staircases of the house. One step close to the bottom, she finds a handwritten note. Okay. Three pages of handwritten notes. Right. She reads it, and she realises it's a ransom note. And it says that Jean Bonnet had been taken by a foreign group, and they demanded 118 thousand dollars for her safe return now that's an unusual figure 118 thousand mm. 118 yeah 
just happens to be the same amount that John Ramsey had received in a bonus that year. Right. Just that's the only thing that you can think of that, that why would you have 118? Uh, the note was signed SBTC. Now, over the years, nobody has ever been able to say exactly what these letters stand for, but one theory suggests saved by the cross. But there is no definitive answer even now. Okay. So, 5.52. Patsy makes a phone call to the police. Okay. taken by dispatcher Kimberly Achilletta. At the end of the call, the line was actually left open, unknown to Patsy. This would have later consequences. It also transpired that Patsy had made calls to relatives and friends first. Hmm. Not to the police. That's not normal. The police response was very, very fast. In fact, Officer Rick French arrived at the Ramsey, Ramsey home within three minutes and he was quickly followed by several other officers. The first officers on scene were unfortunately new to the department but they did what they could and the more experienced officers were off because it was a Christmas holiday. Yeah. So it's highly likely that they were all fully aware of John Ramsey's wealth and influence, and that might have played a part in their initial actions. Because, after all, they're dealing with a kidnapping. Yeah. Officer French read, read the ransom note and conducted a quick search of the house. Part of this included the basement, where he came across a door which was secured by a wooden latch. Now, this was obviously not the kidnapper's escape route, so he's dismissed this and walked away. It was shut from the inside of the house. So if you can imagine the door closes mm -hmm. and then there's a wooden like piece of wood that twists. Yeah. Just to stop you from opening the door. Just to stop the door from flying open. Yeah. Yeah. But it can't be twisted from the inside, the basement side of the door. It has to be twisted from the house side of the door. Yeah. So he's dismissed it because obviously you can't get out that way. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so he dismissed this and walks away. And after his initial search, it's determined no forced entry point could be found. So there's no forced entry into the property. Hmm. As the world now knows, he should have opened that door. Yeah. He didn't. He walked away. John Bonnet's bedroom was secured, and it was uh, done to preserve evidence. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, the officers just put a bit of tape across the door. Isn't that protocol? Or is that it is, but a bit of tape. I think if it had been this country, they'd stuck a police officer on the door. Yeah. But again... They're dealing with a kidnapping. They're dealing with a very wealthy, influential family. Yeah. And they know it. The police officers didn't act 
didn't initially secure the rest of the house, which is going to cause them all sorts of problems later on. But, like I've just said, they believed they were dealing with a kidnapping. And all this time that the officers were conducting their initial assessment of the situation, John and Patsy were allowed to roam around the property and make phone calls to family members and friends. It wasn't long before Fleet and Priscilla White arrived to give them moral support and to help with the search. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Friends do that. And they, they'd been there the night before. Yeah. And other people arrived and they were all let into the house. Not only were they let in, but they were allowed to wander about the house. And, and some of them just cleaned up. They cleaned up the mess in the kitchen. Mm. They cleaned up, you know, the... the think they're helping. They think they're helping. And it's in, it was impossible for these officers to keep all of these people in one room, which, to be honest, would have been normal practice. But I think, personally, the family's high profile had a little bit to do with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Burke Ramsey... Jean Bonnet's brother, was woken up around 7 o'clock in the morning and he got told he would be going to a friend's house while Jean Bonnet's disappearance was investigated. Mm-hmm. He left with these friends very soon after. So shortly after 7 o'clock in the morning, her older brother left the house yeah. with friends. John actually left the room for about half an hour, he was out of sight of the police. Hmm. He later said this was to sort out the ransom money. Detective Linda Arndt arrived around 8 o'clock in the morning with the forensic teams and the ransom note stated that the Ramses would receive a call between 8 and 10 a.m. Yep. So she sat with Patsy and the majority of the other people in the house in one room. John was in a different room, reading his mail. Hmm. Um, his demeanour was described by uh, Detective Aunt as uh, cordial. Okay, now to me, cordial is an orange juice, so... What does that mean as a demeanour? Dis- uh, disinterested. Not, not bothered. Not overly bothered. I mean, that may be because he's a multi-millionaire. They've only asked for a hundred grand in this. To- do you know what I mean? You might just go, "Oh, I'll just give him the money." And yeah, quite highly possible. Do you know what I mean? It could be. Could be any number of reasons. Unlikely. I think. I think in that situation, I'd be panicking like mad. But so they're all sitting around waiting for a phone call. Hmm. 10 o'clock comes, no phone call came. It's not surprising because history will now show, you know. Why? Why. But, yeah. So once the time for the kidnapper's phone call had passed, the forensic team and other officers actually left the house. Nothing more they can do. The phone call's not there. They don't, they're not needed anymore. Mm. The kidnapping is, you know, they've got to wait for the kidnappers to get back in touch. And, and so, yeah. so, by half past ten in the morning, Detective Aunt was the only police officer left at the premises. And she's got a house full of people. They're all wandering about. They're all trying to... She can't control them. No. It was impossible for her to keep track of all the family and their guests because they were traipsing all over the place. I don't know if that's a word in America, traipsing. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I would have thought so. It probably is. If not, you'll have to look it up. Yeah. Wondering. Um, The detective made several requests for additional officers to come and help. None were actually sent. Bearing in mind it's a a holiday. Yeah. You know, the the police department is down to minimum, what we call minimum strength. During the following hour, between 10.30 and 11.30... Detective Aunt noticed that John Ramsey couldn't be found. This is the dad. This is the dad. Now, he later claimed he left the house to pick up the family's mail, but surprising because the mail is usually delivered through a letterbox hole in the front door. Hmm. 
So he would have no need to leave the house for that particular yeah. reason. So we now move on to about one o'clock or just after, probably about a minute past one. So in an attempt to break the tension in the house, Detective Aunt instructed John Ramsey and his friend Fleet White just to search the house again and look for anything suspicious or out of place, even though it had already been gone through by the officers earlier in the morning. They were specifically told not to enter Jean Bonnet's bedroom. So where do you think they started? In a bloody bedroom. Downstairs. Oh. In the basement. They oh. went straight to the door previously ignored by Officer French. They unlatched the door and went downstairs. Now, the basement has got several rooms. The furthest away from the stairs was a storeroom, which also doubled as a wine cellar. Within minutes of entering the basement, John finds the body of his daughter in this wine cellar. It's actually, to be honest, it was the room where the Christmas presents had been stored the day before. Hmm. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The room was windowless. It had one door in and out. John Bonet was lying on the floor. Her mouth was covered with duct tape. A nylon cord was found around her neck and her wrists were tied above her head, and she was wrapped in a white blanket. Oh. The nylon cord around her neck had a broken paintbrush handle in it, which had been used to tighten the cord. This is turned the cord into a kind of garrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you put... the wrap it round like a necklace and then you put something in it and twist it and just wind it and it slowly like tightens it like a tourniquet round the neck yeah. yeah what would you do if that was your I don't know well John Ramsey removes the duct tape from her mouth tries to unsuccessfully remove the wrist restraints picked her up and carried her upstairs to the room where all the guests and the detectives were. No, they wouldn't do that. In doing so, he completely destroys the integrity of the crime scene. He puts John Bonet on the floor by the Christmas tree, where she was immediately surrounded by everybody in the room. This action destroys any trace evidence that may have been on the body. Being the lone police officer, Detective Aunt was unable to prevent this from happening. She made a call, Code Black, which is police code for murder, and prompted the return of the forensic team, along with additional officers. They turned up. But until they arrived, the police had no control over the situation, and this would hinder the following investigation. Hmm. Jean Bonnet's death was the first and only murder in Boulder County that year yeah that kind of makes sense for rich white people in America 
They, they just not did not enough. have yeah. a murder in that area. She was the only one in that, that town that year. Yeah. Now, the parents became suspects immediately, as is normal in cases like this. Both John and Patsy gave police a sample of their handwriting, but they weren't interviewed separately. John was overheard by the police at the scene while John Bonet was still there, arranging flights out of the state for the next day. He was told that this wouldn't be possible and the family were required to remain in the state during the investigation. Bit weird. Yeah. The next day, bearing in mind they have not been interviewed... John engages the services of one of the most prominent defence attorneys in the area. Now, I'm not good on American legal system, but from my research, I understand that this can cause police issues when conducting interviews with witnesses or suspects. Yeah, well, I can imagine that. Because straight, well, why would you? Yeah, straight away you're on the defensive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if this murder had occurred in the UK, a lawyer, or as we would call them, solicitors would not present the same problems. A solicitor in the UK is only present in interview to advise their client on the consequences of the answers that they give to police questions. But just like the US, you have the right to remain silent. Mm-hmm. But in the UK, it may harm your defence if you fail to mention something you later rely on in court. In other words, this is your first and main opportunity to give an answer which, if changed, would later infer that you are lying. And if you refuse to answer, the court will question this fact, inferring that your answers in court are made because you've had time to think of a plan. That's the British way of thinking. That's the British way of doing it. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, the caution. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention when questioned something you later rely on in court. I bet you have missed saying anything that, you do you? say may be given in evidence. Yeah, I miss that. It's one of those things that I I do actually miss. But they yeah. have those. They have something like that. A Miranda, I think Miranda it's called. Miranda rights. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, if you do not have an attorney, one will be provided for you. That's, something like yeah. that. I'm no, I'm not going to quote because no, I don't. I just know that bit. I don't know the rest of it. Yeah, you have the right to remain silent if you give up the right to remain silent, and it goes on from there. And I, I, I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to go down that line. No. But as a result of uh, John engaging the services of this attorney, the investigators couldn't interview John or Patsy separately. Now, John Bonet's parents knew that they were potential suspects and decided to get their story out. So five days after the murder, they give an interview to CNN. Mm. They haven't spoken to police yet, but they give an interview to CNN. It was over a hundred days before the police actually managed to speak to them. Wow. That's long enough to come up with an alibi, isn't it? Um. I mean, the police investigation was full of problems and inconsistencies. Uh, These included a refusal by the district attorney who refused to sign search warrants for bank and phone records. Uh, He gave the Ramses copies of all the police reports before their interviews. Why? You ask me, you tell me. Yeah, the old classic, if you've got the money in America, you can buy your... Well, I suppose in this country as well, you can buy your freedom. Yeah, certainly might I don't know much. anything about this case, but already, um, yeah, <laughs> there's a few things that there's aren't... a few things that aren't quite right, yeah. Now, <sighs> the investigation goes on, and it goes on and on, and there's lots I could I could go... I could probably fill a week with all the little bits of information and the little bits of things that, you know, around. this is just a general overview of Jean Bonnet's murder. Mm. But following the police investigation, a Colorado grand jury... Mm-hmm. Well, the case went to the Colorado grand jury. Is that like our Crown Court? I'm not 100% sure. I think it's a pre-court. Okay. Yeah. They voted to indict the Ramses on child endangerment and obstruction of a murder investigation. 
Yeah. So I would say they're a bit like our CPS, the Crown Prosecution yeah. Service. So they've recommended the Ramses be charged with obstruction of a murder investigation. Obstruction of a murder investigation and yeah. child endangerment. The prosecutor felt that the evidence didn't meet the beyond a reasonable doubt standard, so declined to prosecute. So DA decided not to prosecute. I wonder if uh, he was paid or if he knows them. Do you know what I mean? You've got to remember, in a small town like that, do they know the richest white people that live around the corner? I think they probably do. Yeah. Some of the evidence that that comes up in this case, and, you know, the ransom note, 370 words in length. Mm-hmm. It was written on three pages of a legal pad with a Sharpie pen. The pen and the pad were found in the kitchen. They both belonged to Patsy. Okay, that's. I mean, that's not impossible if they they've found it in on the way in. Go on. Three hundred and seventy words. Yeah, you're going to kidnap someone. You're going to spend time to write 370 words. It's a bit too excessive, isn't it? It's going to take you between 20 minutes and half an hour to write that. Yeah. Yeah, you will get a call at this point. We want this amount of money or your daughter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. On the pad that remained, there were clear indentations where additional ransom notes had been started and rejected. None of these additional notes were found. So you've got the indentations of practice Hmm. on this pad. The note told the Ramses not to call the police, which they did. Handwriting comparison showed very, very strong similarities between Patsy's handwriting and the ransom note. (laughs) Right. There was a broken window found in the basement with a suitcase placed underneath it. Okay. The coroner found strange marks on John Bonnet's body that looked like marks from a taser. DNA was found on John Bonnet's clothing. John Bonnet died through strangulation and a skull fracture. She had multiple abrasions to her neck, cheeks, legs, and other body parts. The makeshift garrote was made using a length of cord and part of a paintbrush. Paintbrush belonged to Patsy. It's believed that Jean Bonnet's attacker may have stunned her with a taser. The coroner also found what was believed to be a substance in Jean Bonnet's stomach could have been pineapple. A bowl of pineapple was found in the kitchen which had her nine-year-old brother Burke's fingerprints on it. Jean Bonnet, the previous day at the party, did not have any pineapple. Mm. So there's two theories to this particular murder. One, John Bonnet was killed by a member of her own family, or John Bonnet was killed by an intruder. It's the only two options. So let's have a look at some of the evidence. Patsy couldn't remember if she found the note before or after noticing that John Bonnet was gone missing. The police felt that the ransom note was staged. It was unusually long. It was written using a pen and paper from the Ramsey house and demanded the exact amount of money that John had received in a bonus earlier that year. Mm, It's very specific. The Ramseys were very reluctant to cooperate with police, though they later said it's because they feared the police would not conduct a full investigation and target them as easy suspects. Which is also true. Investigations revealed that it took over 20 minutes just to copy the note. So the kidnappers must have spent a considerable time writing it and then leaving the notepad where they found it, in the kitchen. The broken window was found to have been broken months before by John John Ramsey when he'd locked himself out of the house. So it is a means of entry into the house. Yeah, but then if the door was locked from inside the house yeah so it's obviously someone's put her down it's not like it was they 
killed her in the basement or taken her to the basement and then left through that way because how would they have locked the cellar door? Exactly. There was dust and a cobweb around the window, the broken window, indicating no one had entered the building through it. Mm. No explanation was ever given as to why the suitcase was where it was found. It didn't belong under the window, but it was there. No taser was ever found. However, a piece of train track from the train set that was set up in the basement was compared to the taser marks, and the distance between the marks was identical. It's a piece of track. Oh, like an electric Toy train track. set. Yeah. Which does give you a shock if you... Yeah. A forensic scientist, Dr. Henry Lee, tested a pair of store-bought underwear... And the results came back for a positive DNA trace. Hmm. That showed that DNA found on Jean Bonnet's underwear could have come from the manufacturing process rather than anything more sinister. Okay. Jean Bonnet was strangled and hit in the head with an unidentifiable object. Now, while the murder weapon has never been found, a few objects have been called up. A metal baseball bat was found by what they call the butler door later on in the search. This is on the first floor. We would call it the ground floor. Yeah. This could have been placed there by one of the staff at the property. There were staff at the property. There just were none that Christmas. Right, okay. However, there were found to be on the uh, found to be carpet carpet fibers from the basement on the bat. Oh, okay. Another object in question is a flashlight. We would call it a torch. That was found in the kitchen on the counter, the head of which was consistent with the shape of injury found on Jean Bonnet's head. Hmm. But again, family and friends had been tidying up the kitchen. Yeah. Where was it originally found? If, yeah, we, we it could don't have know. been anywhere. So who killed her? Was it an intruder who managed to gain access to the house, locate Jean Bonnet's bedroom? take her to the basement, write a ransom note, murder her and get out of the property all unnoticed? Or was it a family member? Did Patsy accidentally kill her daughter after a bedwetting incident, which John Bonnet was suffering at the time, and then staged the scene? Mm. Did John Bonnet meet her brother in the kitchen and get hit on the head after stealing some of his pineapple? That was my first and thought. And then it was covered up by her parents. That was my first thought and why they booted him out of the house so early. This case is still one of America's unsolved murders. Mm. Burke has been interviewed. You can look it all up on YouTube. He has been interviewed. His whole interview is on YouTube. He denies everything. Well, yeah, he would do. Patsy... Uh, she died. Uh, she's now deceased. She died a few years later, early 2000s. Hmm. She died of cancer. Her husband, John, has since remarried. Um, yeah, there you go. Hmm. I think... Murder mystery. Yeah, that's a... You'd look at that and you'd go, there's no way someone outside of those three could have done it. No way. You would think so. There is a lot, large train of thought that says it was others. People have admitted to killing John Bonet. Yeah, well, this is America we're talking about. Um, in the vicinity the of their house, mm. there is over 30 child abusers. In the vicinity of their property. And how would they have got out of the house, though? How would they get out of the house? Yeah. I think if you were going to stage something like that, you would shut the door. You would stage it that the, the body is downstairs in the basement. Mm. You've then used the uh, the suitcase and gone out through the window, mm -hmm. which is probably what was expected. Yeah. But then why make the mistake of coming upstairs and shutting the door and sort of yeah twisting it twisting the piece of wood so that the door couldn't be 
Yeah, which is why the police officer ignored it. Yeah. And I also think... Had that not been done, would the police officer have opened the door and gone down into the basement and found the body? Yeah, would have thought so. Did John, while he was missing, in brackets, do anything? Move the body? Stage it? Do whatever? We don't know. No. We never will. It is now down to the police in America, in Colorado, to sort it out. Well, it has been... But it's been going on for nearly 30 years. Yeah. 1996, we are now approaching 2023. Yeah, it's not... not doesn't seem likely. I just think... I mean, for me, as soon as you said about the pineapple and, and that, I just... My mind went straight to the brother. He's nine years old. He's bigger, he's stronger. I mean, I've got three girls... Um, one is by far bigger and stronger than the others. If she picked up something and hit one of them over the head, she could she could kill him. Yeah. Would I cover it up? No. I would call the police, explain what happened. Uh, and I think at that age, at nine years old, I don't even think they'd have prosecuted a nine-year-old. You can't in the UK. Your um, age of criminal responsibility is ten. Oh, so, yeah. so by the time you are 10 years old, you are deemed to know the difference between wrong and right. Uh, under 10, you don't. So that's that's the law in the UK. So right now, if I wanted Liliana to go out and murder someone, she'd get away with it, but in two weeks she wouldn't. Mm, technically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she would have a better defence, shall we Is say. Is that what, I mean, growing up, obviously I used to work in, in certain stores. There are a group of people that tend to travel around the country um and would this be why they send their younger ones in to go and steal things 100 percent. yeah <laughs> oh yes i won't give any more information out because if one of them's listening i could be on a hit list or <laughs> something but you know what i mean that no is... but it just makes sense doesn't it if you know if you know that they're not gonna yeah. get prosecuted then yeah yeah I don't think it's not that they get prosecuted. It's they don't know. They have a defence. Whether that defence is viable would have to be shown. But, yeah, they have quite a considerable defence. But there you go. It's one of America's unsolved mysteries. Mm, I think, God, it's it's not unsolved, though, is it? It's just they've not managed to... It's not unsolvable. No, it's It's just currently they haven't got anybody for it. Yeah, I think... I I mean, I've like I said, I never knew the story. I I knew she died. I knew it was... I knew she was like a famous child um, and I knew she'd been murdered. That was all I knew about the story. I had no idea the parents were involved or, or potentially involved. I think the fact that she, you know, the just a simple thing of that police phone call sounded pretty genuine for me. Yeah. If you listen to it, and it is on YouTube, mm. Patsy does not put the phone down. Right. And there are voices in the background, one of which is male, yeah. one of which is younger. So the And they've enhanced it. They still can't hear what the exact words are, but the potential is that Burke and John were in the room when Patsy made the phone call. Okay. It is a little side thing. I mean, it's like I said... There are so many different little bits that you can add on to this mm. that sort of give you a little bit more. I've tried be to be as 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 easy as I can. Um, I have my own opinions. I will leave your listeners to actually work yeah. out what they what they think. Yeah, I think. I mean, if they obviously if they had enough evidence, then someone, they'd have prosecuted. Yeah. So. There's obviously something there that someone's missing, whether it's... There has been, I think there's been a detective that has spent his life's work trying to prove that it was an intruder. And he's got some compelling um, arguments. I think if it was conclusively the parents, then they'd have been done for it by now. There's no... So it's... And I don't want to... The chances of her dad... John Ramsey listening to this podcast is probably very slim. Um, so I don't want to be, mm. you know, saying that it's guaranteed because it's not guaranteed. Because if it was guaranteed, then one of them would be in jail. 
Yeah. Um, yes. But the evidence does seem to lean that way. Yeah. Um, I've tried to be as unbiased as possible, but the evidence that I've collected only via the internet and and various means on, on the internet, um, that's what I've come up with. And mm. I have cut quite a bit out. Yeah, I know you have. Yeah. So there you go. So there we are. Yeah. Like I said, these murder mystery ones are, you know, they're very, very interesting. And like I said, it's weird to think that that girl was, what, a month and a half older than me or two months older than me um, when she died. You know, it's quite, quite scary. She'd have just got a 30 second birthday, mm. you know, and that's been taken away. And regardless of who did it is, is, you know, I suppose almost irrelevant. The fact is that poor girl's not here anymore. And like I said, I, I have kids myself and I know your kids are grown up, but it's, yeah, you're <laughs> one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's your worst nightmare. Hmm. So yeah, not, not a nice story, but definitely one that makes you think. Yeah. So thank you for that. And, uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on, for some some more ones i know we've got a few in the pipeline um one that i think you just started researching uh will be extremely controversial um and very well you saying here you're not being biased i'd i'd enjoy to see how biased or unbiased we're going to be with that one so that's one to look for i'm not going to give you any more information on that but that will be a, a very very interesting one and uh yeah I'm i'm looking forward to that yeah so. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be an interesting one yeah so uh yeah thank you for listening again guys and uh we'll see you next time thank you when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.